What's up guys and welcome to our next installment of the mini-series that we got going on. Uh, today we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. They uh, come into this offseason or they come into the 2020 season with a heavy, heavy offense. We got a lot of weapons here to talk about. Uh, we'll start off with their quarterback, Dak Prescott, coming off of uh, 4,900 passing yards. I got him taking a little bit of a dip this year, but still being up there in my top five as far as overall quarterback rankings go. About 4,500 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, nine interceptions, uh, 300 rushing yards on the ground, and another five touchdowns on the ground. He's been really good in the running game. Um, his first two seasons, he ran for six touchdowns in the uh each season and then last year he kind of took a little bit of a dip uh but he is he he's an excellent overall fantasy quarterback he's a really good just real life quarterback too he's got a lot of weapons at his disposal we're going to talk about them throughout the course of the show um his offense just overall could be it could put up the most points in the league this year um just based on all the weapons that they got but uh what are your thoughts on Dak Prescott and he really has no threat behind him looking at the depth chart here um Andy Dalton they signed Yeah they got Andy Dalton but he's not really there to take Dak's job he's there more for insurance they they gave him a they gave him a decent contract i think it was only what was it one year for what 12 million or so um Yeah uh, yeah it was a good deal But yeah i mean he's not there to just take Dak Prescott's job they're still trying to figure out a way to pay Dak and keep him under contract but if Dak decides to walk and uh, Andy Dalton ends up coming in um, he's not going to walk during the season obviously but if uh, if Dak if they decide to part ways or or something happens where Dak isn't playing Andy Dalton is a nice uh, next man up but um, this is Dak's team at least for 2020 and and what do you think about him yeah, I mean, I think that if you don't have Dak in your top five quarterbacks, you're probably a fan of the Eagles, Giants, or Redskins. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's just you're being a hater because he's on the Cowboys. I mean, he had a huge season last year. He was a second overall QB. And a lot of seasons, when you go back and kind of look historically, he would have been the number one fantasy QB quite a few different years. So, I mean, he had a huge season with 4,900 total uh passing yards and when you look at the overall situation you know I always like to look at a few different things and I mean you first look at the offensive scheme I don't think that's going to change much Kellen Moore is still calling the plays as of right now they hired Mike McCarthy but actually when you look at Mike McCarthy historically his teams averaged 11 they were 11th in the league in total pass attempts and uh, actually, funny enough, that's where Dallas was last season. So I actually think that this offense is going to be very similar to what we've seen, even if Mike McCarthy has his hand in there a little bit. And if anything, Jason Garrett's not there. So that has to be a, a positive for him. So I, when you look at his weapons, I would say even with the loss of Jason Witten and Randall Cobb, I think these weapons are better than last season. I mean, even with C.D. Lamb coming in as a rookie, he's better than Randall Cobb. I mean, I'm sorry if that offends somebody, but C.D. Lamb is super talented. And uh, same with Jason Witten at this point in his career, as crazy as this may seem to say. I think that Blake Jarwin and Jason Witten, it's not as much of a downgrade as people realize. I mean, Jason Witten's, what, 37, 38 years old now? He's not top-peak Jason Witten anymore. So their offensive line is still top-notch. They lost Travis Frederick, who retired. I mean, he's an all-pro center, but he was terrible last year. He came off that pretty severe illness that he had, and he just didn't look the same. So if anything... Uh, they could improve at the center position this year and they're always a top five line so between the weapons the scheme the offensive line i just can't find a reason to hate Dak. 
Yeah, and I mean, we might as well just go right into the offensive line um, and then just skip them when we're, when we're supposed to talk about them. But yeah, they, they got Tyron Smith still there, Zach Martin still there, Lyle Collins is still there. They actually drafted probably the number one center in the entire draft. It was pretty offensive tackle heavy, um, but they didn't they didn't draft an offensive lineman until the fourth round, but they got Tyler uh, Biedez out of Wisconsin, who, I mean, Wisconsin just, they just groom offensive linemen. And I think he was rated up near the, uh, he was rated up near the top as far as interior offensive line, well, centers go, because there was a couple of guards that were rated above him. But um, he was one of the top centers in the entire draft, and they got him in the fourth round. So um, even if, if he could step in and take over that role that was vacated at the center position that's i mean that's they might lose a little bit of a step but you're not losing much there um going into let me just get your thoughts on andy dalton real quick because he is he has been a starter in this league he started for many years in cincinnati obviously it's Dak's team but is there any drop back if Dak misses time or if something happens where hey we're not coming to an agreement we're just going to trade you anything like that where andy dalton is the quarterback I mean, honestly, not much. If anything, maybe they'd be a little more run heavy. But I mean, Zeke's already dominant. So I mean, how much can you really raise <laughs> Zeke more than he already is? So uh, if anything, I really don't think so. I mean, I think this the team around the quarterback is so strong. It's one of the reasons, and this is a whole different conversation, I don't think the Cowboys should sign Dak long term. I mean, I think you could plug Andy Dalton in and this offense would run pretty close to how it does now. All right, perfect. And then, so now you already mentioned Zeke. That's our next position is running backs. Um, you got Ezekiel Elliott, and if you listen to our running back show, which came out, uh, I think it was about a week ago, uh, we talked about him. He came in at number three on our running backs rankings. Uh, behind him is Tony Pollard, who is one of the better handcuffs that you got in the league. He's going to come in there on uh, on some downs and take a little bit of pressure off of Zeke. But this is Zeke's team. This is Zeke's show. As much as they got... Um, Zach Prescott and, and throwing the ball to those receivers that we're going to talk about. This is Zeke's team. He, he's the heart and soul. He's uh, he's been he's been doing it since he came into the league the year well back in 2016 when Dak came into the league and uh, that's yeah I mean there's really not much that you can say about Zeke if he he doesn't really have any injury issues so it's not if he stays healthy it's it's when he's on the field he is a he just you can't overlook him um he only missed games because of suspension in his career and but the other years he's been he's been better than awesome I mean he, he's elite there's really nothing else that you can say about him yeah and I mean there yeah you already kind of mentioned it but what else is there to say I, I already mentioned the offensive scheme they're going to use Zeke. He's had 300 carries every year except that one season you mentioned, and he was on pace to actually beat his career high in carries that year. So, he, uh, I mean, he, they're going to feed him. They always feed Zeke. That's a big part of what their offense does. Uh, their offensive line is elite. Everything around them, around them is elite. Every year in his career, he's been anywhere between 1,700 and 1,900 total yards right around 12 to 15 touchdowns a few he had one year where he had more but i mean he's elite there's nothing else you really can say he's in a great situation if there's one guy you know and i'd say mccaffrey is the same way barkley missed a few games last year but those two guys are guaranteed to be top five backs as long as they play a 16 game season i know we don't like saying that but that's a reality is if they're there 16 games those are two guys they will be top five options and i'll bet every dollar i have on it just quickly mentioning some of the other guys on the depth chart. Uh, really, the only one worth mentioning is Tony Pollard. I'm kind of interested to see where his career goes. I was really impressed with Tony Pollard. 
And I think uh, there's certain guys for me that just kind of pass that eye test. I mean, you watch him and you're like, who was that guy that just touched the ball? Because he, I mean, he was explosive in his limited playing time. And I say limited, but at the same time, he had 550 yards last year. And I don't think a lot of people realize that Zeke was still involved and was the man. But every time they gave Tony Pollard the ball, I mean, he absolutely, he was explosive. And I can't emphasize that enough. So it's kind of interesting when I looked at his uh, metrics they actually, their uh, his metric comparison is Kenyon Drake. So if that says anything about the kind of talent he has, I'm kind of interested to see uh, where Tony Pollard goes in the future. Obviously, he's stuck behind Zeke. Zeke's only 25 still. He's gotten paid. He's not going anywhere. So this is a guy when he's a free agent. You know, he's probably a good buy low candidate in dynasty leagues and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, for for at least the immediate future, he's. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a one-two punch. I'd call it like a one-four punch because you're going to get Ezekiel Elliott uh, three times out of four, and then Tony Pollard's going to come in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to the wide receivers, probably. I mean, just potential. They're probably one of the best trios in the entire league. Um, Amari Cooper, who came over from Oakland uh, last year or two years ago at the trade deadline. Uh, Michael Gallup, who was their third-round pick in 2018, and then their first-round pick this year was C.D. Lamb, who kind of kind of fell a little bit. I mean, I think a lot of us expected him to be the first wide receiver off the board. Uh, Vegas kind of screwed that up by taking Henry Ruggs, leaving Jerry Judy to go to Denver at 15, and then 16 was there. C.D. Lamb just staring right down at uh, right in the Cowboys' face, and I think a little bit has to do with okay, we got some time on uh, we could maybe expend Michael Gallup over the next year or two, and a little bit was our biggest division rivals need a wide receiver, so we're just going to take a wide receiver yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond those three, it's a bunch of uh, deeper depth chart guys, some guys that are going to be on the practice squad. Um, not really anybody to talk about beyond those three, but those three, there's a lot to talk about those guys, so let's get into them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so starting off with Amari Cooper, the only reason I was surprised that they drafted CeeDee Lamb because Amari Cooper just got paid big bucks. So I was surprised, you know, as much as I love CeeDee Lamb, and I think just from a pure talent standpoint, CeeDee Lamb is the most likely to become a dominating number one wide receiver in this year's class. And I love Michael Pittman, but if I had to say 100%, who do I think? I'd say it's CeeDee Lamb. I mean, this guy is dominant in every facet of the game. But going back to Amari Cooper, he was 14th in points per game last season. Him and Dak have a great connection. We've seen that. I mean, the biggest thing that worries me still, Amari Cooper led the league in drops last year. I mean, obviously, that's a big concern. And I didn't even mention this. uh, The Cowboys as a whole, they actually led the NFL in drops last season. So that's one of those things where, uh, you know, we talk about Dak and his success and he still uh, they led the league in drops. So that's kind of an interesting point of conversation there. But 14th in total points per game. He's being drafted as the 13th wide receiver off the board. So realistically, I think that's very fair. Michael Gallup, I think, is a much better value. He was 17th in points per game last season, and he's currently the 32nd wide receiver off the board. Kind of going into that quickly, I think a lot of people have that stigma that oh, you know, they have too many weapons, there's a lot of mouths to feed. And don't get me wrong, those are three alphas that they need to feed. Hmm. But Jason Witten had 83 targets. Randall Cobb had 83 targets. The Cowboys are second in the NFL in vacated targets for 2020. 
I mean, that's significant. They have 190 total targets they need to make up. And obviously, that's assuming they have the same passing volume as last year. But I really think it's going to be similar. Even if they have 20 less attempts, we'll say. You know, that's still 170 targets that need to go somewhere. So I think a big chunk of those are going to go to CeeDee Lamb, and I'll talk about that in a second. But I think Michael Gallup could have even more targets this year. And the fact that he's going as the 32nd wide receiver off the board is kind of crazy right now. And it's just that perception. But, you know, I always tell people, that's why I like my stats. You go into it and you say, okay, Michael Gallup's going to regress because they drafted CeeDee Lamb. Okay, I mean, but that's not necessarily true when you really start to break everything down. So I uh, I like Michael Gallup's value a lot as a 32nd wide receiver off the board. Uh, in terms of CeeDee Lamb, he's currently the 41st wide receiver off the board. I think that's very reasonable. And I know uh, our boy Apex doesn't like the rookies this year. But when you're the 41st wide receiver off the board, I mean, he's legitimately going in that range where we have league mates taking kickers and defenses. So, you know, kicker, CD Lamb, you know, it's CD Lamb. And it's kind of interesting when I looked, I was like, okay, let me compare. Because at the worst, I think he's going to replace Randall Cobb's numbers from last year. And he's so much more talented. I think he's going to be much better than Randall Cobb. But Randall Cobb was the 41st. 44th wide receiver in terms of fantasy points last year so he's basically going where randall cobb finished last year and cd lamb is so i mean i can't even emphasize how much better he is than randall cobb and that's not a knock against randall cobb but cd lamb's a dominating number one wide receiver so i love cd lamb's value i think he's primarily going to be running in the slot where randall cobb was running his routes Uh, cd lamb ran about 50 percent of his routes out of the slot at Oklahoma. So uh, I love CD Lamb. I think he's in store for over 100 targets this season in this offense between 83 that Randall Cobb gave up and then 83 from Jason Witten. And those were shorter routes as well. So even if he takes only 20, 30 of those, he's already over 100, maybe 115 targets for the year. So I like CD Lamb's value a lot this season. And uh, overall, I think Cooper is about fair, but I really like Michael Gallup and, uh, cd lamb's value yeah no doubt about that cd lamb obviously is going to be one of your uh first round dynasty draft pick, or not dynasty but first round rookie draft picks in your dynasty leagues um gallup we can realistically like i said we could possibly see him on another team in another year or two um i don't know exactly what his contract situation is he's still under his, he's still under his rookie contract right now but he, so he could be traded it still and get some good value for him somebody get him on the last year of his rookie deal and then be able to negotiate with him or, or he could be gone in free agency in two years depending on what happens with cd land but i mean they have this trio of wide receivers that's i mean you could you're you'd be fine with any one of these three um picking up Amari cooper in the late second if you can like pair him up with like a, a saquon barkley or a christian mccaffrey if you get him in the first pick up Amari cooper on the way on the way back in the second third turn um definitely possible there and then dak prescott i mean it just like all these weapons here make dak prescott just that much more valuable um i think he finished what he was second last year as far as quarterbacks go um right behind lamar jackson and i mean you're probably going to get a little bit of a bump from patrick mahomes this year but i mean he's anywhere between he could finish as high as one and i'd I'd say as low as five um finally their weapons in the tight end position you got blake jarwin who kind of takes over the number one role because jason witten is gone 
uh, Dalton Schultz, who is a uh, he's a he's going into his third year. Um, it's kind of that C.D. Lamb is kind of like that payback from from the 2018 draft, or where uh, Philly kind of swooped in and took Dallas Goddard right above that, uh, <laughs> right above Dallas in the uh, in the second round, and they ended up taking D- Dalton Schultz a couple rounds later um, in that same draft. Uh, but that's pretty much it. I mean, Blake Bell has seen a little bit of time in, in this league, but it's pretty much uh, you're probably looking at a lot more three wide receiver sets with Ezekiel Elliott and then Blake Jarwin as opposed to two tight end sets. And so Blake Jarwin is probably going to be on the field a lot. Um, there's a lot of targets. There's, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, options there, but there's also a lot of targets to go around. So he's definitely a he's a couple of our guys in our in our group chats uh, sleeper. I know he's one of my sleepers. I think he's one of um, he's one of Blake's sleepers. Uh, I don't know what you feel about him. What, what's your thoughts on Blake Jarwin? Yeah, I mean he's currently going off the board as a 20th tight end, and I think that's pretty good value for him right now. I already mentioned all the vacated targets. Jarwin had 41 targets last season. So, I mean, I I have to figure he's going to take at least half of Jason Witten's targets. They're going to be running very similar routes. We haven't seen Jarwin a ton, but he had that huge game against the Giants a few years back, the very last game of the season, and he showed a little bit of that potential. So, you know, I think he's in line if he keeps his 41 targets and then adds on another 40 from Jason Witten. We could see him with 70, 80 targets. I kind of compare him to Jack Doyle. And Jack Doyle is going much earlier in drafts <laughs> right now. So if I had to pick between taking Jack Doyle as the 14th tight end off the board versus Jarwin at 20th, I think Jarwin offers a lot more value. Perfect. All right. So now we're we're saying all these positive things about the about the Cowboys and and they lost Randall Cobb and they lost Witten, but they added C.D. Lamb and Blake Jarwin moves up and they still only finished eight and eight last year, um, second in the division. Uh, it's a lot of it has to do with their defense and they completely revamped this defense just in the offseason they brought in uh gerald mccoy they brought in haha clinton Dix, they brought in don terry poe they brought in alden smith so i mean they just got they got all these names that have been big names on just their individual teams before and they'll brought them all together and that's adding to demarcus lawrence that's adding to leighton vander ash that's adding to jalen smith adding to sean lee um that's uh, I know we typically go right into the special teams, but this D de- I want to talk about this defense here. I think that overall they can be a a top tier unit as a whole, and then individually, uh, I mean Leighton Vander Esch is going to be one of your top linebackers off the board in, in IDPs. Jalen Smith too, he's going to be one of your top IDPs off the board. Um, Demarcus Lawrence, I mean, he could get to the quarterback, so if a lot of sacks there. Uh, you got uh, Haha Clinton Dix from the safety position. He he gets a lot of tackles. He's a little bit of a hawk in the back. I mean, he's on his third team in, in three years, I believe it is. Um, mm-hmm. So he's kind of been bounced around a little bit, but he's still a good safety. And as far as defensive backs go in, in – uh, in fantasy, you want a safety because they get more tackles and they have more opportunities for interceptions. But and they also brought in, um, well, they brought in Trayvon Diggs from the draft in the second round. Mm-hmm. But they also brought in, who was it that they brought in from uh, from Miami? They brought in a cornerback from Miami. I don't see him on here. Uh, oh no, they lost. They they lost the cornerback to uh, Miami. Yeah, Byron Jones. That's left. that's my fault. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean they still have some pretty they got they got a pretty solid secondary, but that front seven is you can you can pretty much play almost any one of that front seven um in, in an IDP league. 
Yeah, I mean, on paper, you could argue this is the best defense in the league. And I know there's a lot of people that might think I'm crazy for saying that. But, I mean, how many of these guys have made Pro Bowls? I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, McCoy, Don Terry Poe, Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith, Sean Lee. I mean, these are Pro Bowl caliber players. And the dangerous part to me is if Eldon Smith returns even 75. I mean, this is one of the best pass rushers in the league before he uh, kind of took his hiatus away for a few years now. But if he returns to even 75 percent, I mean, this this front seven is even more scary. So in terms of fantasy production, uh, the defense was 17th as a unit last year. I would expect that to go up this season. I think they're borderline draftable. Um, you know, the secondary worries me a little bit. You know, they, they took Trayvon Diggs. We'll have to see what he does. Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, Awuzie. They've all been okay corners, but none of them are that shutdown guy that Byron Jones was. So I'm interested to see how that secondary does. But Demarcus Lawrence in the on the defensive line, only had five sacks last season. The previous two years, he had 25. In those two years, he was one of the a top 15 defensive linemen for IDP format. So he's worth taking a flyer on, especially if you have to play two defensive linemen in your league. I take a flyer on Demarcus Lawrence, and there'll be a lot more, uh, a lot less pressure, I should say, on him this year with that defensive front. Probably a lot less double teams, which means more sack production for him. Uh, their linebackers, they have two top 10 guys. Leighton Vander Esch only had 72 tackles in nine games, 140 his rookie season. Jalen Smith was 10th last year in IDP scoring for linebackers. So, I mean, there's a ton of fantasy relevance here. I'm personally not touching Sean Lee at this point in his career. I believe he's 34, almost 35 now. And the reality is Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch are taking up most of the tackles there in the run game. Sean Lee uh, has even lost a step in the past game, so I wouldn't be surprised. He was more of a rotational player, actually. He wasn't even consistently starting around the field last year. We've seen him slow down quite a bit, so I'm not touching Sean Lee. Both of their safeties are more... I'd say they're better real-life players and IDPs. None of them... When I'm looking at a safety, I'm looking for a guy for potential with over 100 tackles. Neither one of these guys have done it before, and I don't expect many tackles to get there with how good their defensive front is when you think of it that way. So I expect uh, not much out of HaHa and Xavier Woods in the run game. All right, and, and all this is being said, and, and they still have like a, an elite talent that's suspended too, and who knows if he's ever going to come back, and that's Randy Gregory. But if he comes back, that just sure. makes this defense a lot better. Um, and the final thing is their special teams. They got they got a couple of kickers here that have kicked in this league. One of them, one of the better kickers in the league, Greg Zerline, and then they got Kai Forbath behind them. So who knows who's going to be kicking there. It's probably going to go to Greg the leg, but... Um, and that's, I mean, it's it's in a dome too. They play a lot of their game. Well, they play all their games in the dome, and then they got Giants, Philly, and Washington. They play outside, so at least eight of the eight of their games are in the dome. Um, they actually open up in LA, which is uh, okay. also a dome. So that's at least nine games, at least. Um, so some good uh, kicking there. Uh, what's your thoughts on? Obviously, you've had him as a as a Rams fan on on Greg the leg, but. What are your thoughts on the Dallas kicking game here? Yeah, I mean, I love Greg Zerline. Um, you know, maybe I'm a little biased, but he definitely has one of the biggest legs in the NFL. I mean, I've seen him 
kicks the yard field goals with ease quite a few times. So uh, he definitely offers a lot in that department for fantasy production. And uh, he was the 11th best kicker last season with the Rams. He played a full 16 game season. The Cowboys offense is better. So I expect him to have even more opportunities this year. And I would say he's definitely draftable. He's probably a top 10 kicker. You already mentioned playing in a dome. Probably, I'm assuming they play more than just the Rams on the road in a <laughs> dome. So, 10 plus games in a dome this season. Great offense, uh, big leg. He offers a lot of upside there. And then the other thing that we like to bring up in special teams is your kick and punt returners. Uh, one of the kick returners is Tony Pollard. So, if you are a Zeke owner, even if you're not a Zeke owner and you want to grab Pollard a little later um, and you get points in the in the return game, that he might end up uh, offering some upside there. The tricky thing is, is when are you going to have him in one of your starting lineups? But in a best ball league or something like that, he's on your roster. He could get you some points in the return game. So, as I mentioned already, they finished 8-8 eight and eight last year, second in the division behind the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they did not make the playoffs. And... Yeah. They did not. No, they didn't. I just had to double check. They did not make the playoffs. Um, it's, I mean, pretty disappointing for how this roster looked. And we, and I mentioned a lot of like uh, defensive players that came over in free agency, so it definitely was different uh, a year ago. So they, they look to have improved in that department. Um, not to say that their defense was the reason that they didn't make the playoffs, but it, their team overall should be better this year. Um, where do you see them this year as far as finishing in in do you think they're going to be better than eight and eight? Yeah. I mean, I love the Cowboys roster. We mentioned that deep. I mean, we've talked pretty extensively about the offense. I mean, that's a, an explosive offense with a great offensive line. And I mean, as much as I hate the Cowboys because we all love to hate the Cowboys. I mean, that's just part of being a football fan, I think. But I mean, this roster is arguably the most talented in the entire league. And I said this last season, I thought they were a Jason Garrett away from <laughs> being a Super Bowl contender. So, And now they have a coach who's won a Super Bowl before, and I think that's huge for him, having that experience and that leadership. And I know uh, Mike McCarthy's time in Green Bay didn't end ideally, and there was kind of a lot of friction at the end there. But Mike McCarthy is a good coach. He's a winning coach. He's a lot better than Jason Garrett, I can tell you that much. So, And I really think I have him in the NFC Championship this year, so I think they're going to win the division. Uh, I'm very bias towards teams that have strong offensive and defensive lines because i think that's how you should build an organization and then you put the skilled players around those pieces and that's exactly what dallas has done uh so i love their roster i love how it's constructed i'm a little concerned with that secondary but i think they can make up for it with their defensive front so a lot of talent here and a lot of things to be excited about yeah i can definitely see them it's going to be a two-horse race i mean you're uh the Giants really aren't just there yet, and the and the Washington football team is a little behind, so it's going to take a little bit of time for for them to catch up. But it's going to be basically between the it's going to be between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Um, the Eagles defense definitely has some improvements too. Their offense has a lot of improvements, but I think the the Cowboys are the better team in this division. As much as I hate to say it, I'm not a Cowboys hater either, but um, I do I do like the Eagles, so I, I'd rather have them win. But I think it goes in the Cowboys' direction this year. Um, I could see like an 11 and 5, 12 and 4 record, and and the Eagles kind of right on their tail at 10 and 6. But Cowboys take the division. <laughs> 